Chapter 42, 43 and 44 Shri Sai Satcharita As chapters 42, 43 and 44 describe Baba's Mahanirayan or crossing the border with numerous events that took place like the construction of the Samadhi Mandir and how Baba came to rest there and he became Muralidhar. So, Chapter 42, 43 and 44 will be done together. However, YouTube listeners can take advantage of the chaptering features that will help them easily access each of these wonderful segments of precious information. Now I shall narrate the events that are described in chapter 42 of the Shri Sai Satcharita. Chapter 42 Shri Sai Satcharita Here Dabolkar gives the date and time of Baba's passing away Number 2 He describes the leela of Baba's Sri Langan in 1916 which was a hint of the future events The next leela is about the illness of Ramchandra Dada Patel and Tatya Saheb Kote Patel when baba assures him that he will recover however he predicts that tatya will pass away on vijay dasami of 1918 number 4 then dabalkar talks about the wonderful devotion of lakshmi bai shinde to whom baba gives 9 rupees just prior to his passing away number 5 how she brought freshly prepared bakris and curried vegetables because baba was hungry however baba feeds it to a hungry dog and shows her his omnipresence as he is satiated by appeasing the hunger of the dog and teaches us that He is all pervasive and eternal. Dabalkar starts this chapter saying that in 1918 in the month of Dakshinayan or the month of Ashwin that is September October on Vijayadashami in the bright half of the moon Baba passed away around 2:35 pm. In the Muslim month of Muharram or the ninth day which was the night of slaughter so called because Imam Hussain the prophet's grandson and Hazrat Ali along with many youths were slaughtered at Karbala in 680 AD It was also Gautam Buddha's birthday and also durga puja festival of vijayadashami however around 12:30 pm ekadashi or the 11th day had begun all this is mentioned in detail so that the devotees can comprehend how very auspicious that day was next is baba's preparation for his nirayan 
In 1918, some months before Baba passed away, Baba made some preparations for this. According to the Islamic practice, Baba made the following preparation. To Bade Baba's son Kasim, Baba gave some poli with boiled fowls. Then Baba told him, "Go to Aurangabad and see Fakir Shamsuddin Mia. Give him this rupees two fifty. Let him do maulu." Kowali and do nyas Maulu is the vocal singing of songs about Paigambar Kowali is beating the tabla and singing about saints and nyas is preparing food and distributing it to people Then Kasim was to go to Bane Mia Fakir to garland him and for this purpose baba gave him a garland and next to tell him now then now tarikh allah mia apna duniya le jayega marzi allah ki this means on the ninth day allah himself takes away the lamp which allah has placed such is allah's wish Saying this Baba handed over 250 rupees and a garland of chrysanthemum flowers but as Kasim pleaded that he was a stranger at Aurangabad Baba asked Chote Khan to accompany him so these two started along with a servant of Kasim named Amir and When they were at Aurangabad station Fakir Shamsuddin whom Chote Khan knew had come to the station He asked who are the guests that have come from Fakir Sai Chote Khan then prostrated and so also Kasim prostrated Then Shamsuddin himself repeated the words of Baba word by word just as they were delivered at shirdi he took these three to his house at the fort and fed them then rupees 250 which baba gave were handed over then he did nyas that is feeding a large number of people with it he also performed qawali which is the beating of the tabla and maulu that is vocal music by night all this was completed and the next part of the duty was to go to bane mia's house next morning they reached his house there mia was standing with one hand raised and the other hand down the arabs there on the spot told chote khan and his friends not to approach bani mia as he would fly into a rage they waited for about an hour and then chote khan picked up courage took baba's garland in one hand and put it around the neck of mia saib then bani mia lowered his upraised arm then chote khan repeated the words 
नव दिन नव तारिक अल्लाह मिया अपने दुनिया ले जाएगा मर्जी अल्लाह के बाने मिया गेज द स्काई एंड टीयर्स रोल डाउन हिज आईज ही फेल्ट अ स्लाइट सैडनेस एविडेंटली एट द अप्रोचिंग लॉस ऑफ साई फ्रॉम द लिविंग वर्ल्ड फॉर मंथ्स आफ्टर दैट बाबा पास्ड अवे नौ दिन नौ तारीख मीन्स द नाइन्थ डे ऑफ द नाइन्थ मंथ बाबा पास्ट अवे ऑन द नाइन्थ डे ऑफ द नाइन्थ मंथ हाउ बाबा इंडिकेटेड दैट ही वुड पास अवे ऑन विजया दशमी इन नाइनटीन सिक्सटीन ऑन विजया दशमी ऑन द डे ऑफ श्रीलंगन बाबा फ्लू इन टू अज around 9 pm that day it was the chaudi procession on that day but baba was in full fury he tore off his clothes and threw them into dhunimai and stood there stark naked the dhunimai was blazing with baba's offering of his clothes to her but baba's countenance shone even brighter then dunimai then he said now all of you look at me and decide whether i am a hindu or a muslim bagoji shinde meekly went forward and tied a langot on baba and said baba what is all this today is sri langan the festival of dasara to which baba replied this is in itself my sri langan and he went on striking hard with his satka he struck the ground so forcefully with his satka time and again around 11 pm baba calmed down then he wore a kafni and a new langot and tied a clean cloth around his head and finally the chaudi procession took place this was baba's indication that he had chosen vijay dasami for his sri langan or passing away now i shall describe how baba's mahanirayan came to be celebrated on dasami rather than ekadashi baba left his mortal coil on vijaya dasami that is dasara but according to the almanac dasami or the 10th day of the lunar calendar had ended and ekadashi had already started only for practical purpose it was counted as vijaya dasami but Kaka Saheb insisted that the day was Ekadashi and Madhav Rao Deshpande supported him. The question was raised at the time of the first anniversary of Baba's Punyatithi. High-ranking devotees like Nana Saheb Chandorkar, Bapu Saheb Bhutti decided to celebrate the anniversary on Dasara. Many devotees participated in the event which was celebrated at Shirdi. 
Baba's devotees, however, were spread all over to inform them about the celebration. An advertisement was published in prominent newspapers. Kaka Saheb, honestly sticking to his opinion, celebrated the first anniversary on Ekadashi in his bungalow at Villeparle, Mumbai. Mureshwar Pradhan of Santa Cruz also arranged the event on Ekadashi in Sai Pradhan Bagh. In the same newspaper, Indu Prakash, there were three advertisements of Baba's Punyatiti from Shirdi, Villeparle, and Santa Cruz. In the first one, the day mentioned was Dasera, and in the other two, it was Ekadashi. Everybody was thus confused. Nana Saheb and Bapu Saheb felt sorry. as they were creating a misunderstanding amongst the devotees to avoid such unpleasant situations both of them came to villeparle to convince kaka saheb but he stood firm on his opinion and they decided to check baba's decision kaka saheb agreed to it so they folded papers and kept them before baba's photograph and an answer was sought according to the chit baba's decision was the sera and that day was confirmed as baba's punyatiti and is being celebrated till today on the sera this information is taken from shirdi ji sai baba written by K B Gavankar I shall give a short sketch of the lives of two mahabaktas of baba they are ramchandar dada patel and lakshmi bai tukaram shinde she hailed from a village near yevla at the tender age of 13 she was married to tukaram patel shinde and came to Shirdi she had two sons Tatya and Nana Lakshmi Bai's husband was a revenue officer and the britishers had confirmed the title of mulki patel that is village officer on him she was widowed at a very young age so all the responsibilities fell on her young shoulders Lakshmi Bai looked after her children her farm land and undertook the job of mulki patel very seriously meticulously she collected taxes and deposited it at the office at ragoba dada wada that is the name of the building the britishers were very pleased with her dedication and gave her a stipend lakshmi bai was a well to do woman she owned her own home lakshmi bai was working in the masjid day and night except bhagat malsapati tatya and lakshmi bai nobody was allowed to step into the masjid at night once while baba was sitting in the masjid with tatya 
in the evening Lakshmi Bai came and did namaskar to Baba. The latter said to her, "Oh Lakshmi, I am very hungry." Off she went, saying, "Baba, wait a bit. I return immediately with some bread for you." She did return with the bread and vegetables and placed it before Baba. Baba took it and gave it to a dog. Lakshmi Bai then said, "What is this, Baba? I ran in haste, prepared the bread with my own hands for you, and you threw it to a dog without eating even a morsel. You gave me a great deal of unnecessary trouble." Baba replied, "Why do you grieve for nothing?" the appeasement of the dog's hunger is the same as mine the dog has a soul the creature may be different but the hunger of all is the same though some speak and others cannot know for certain that he who feeds the hungry really serves me and feeds me with food regard this as an axiomatic truth this is an ordinary incident but baba thereby propounded a great spiritual truth and showed its practical application in daily life without hurting anybody's feelings from that time onward lakshmi bai began to bring him daily bread and milk with love and devotion baba accepted it and ate it with relish he took a part of it and sent the remainder with lakshmi bai to radha krishna mai who always relished and ate baba's remnant prasad this bread story shows how sai baba pervaded all creatures and transcended them he is omnipresent birthless deathless and immortal reference shri sai satcharita chapter 42 after this incident lakshmi bai always brought bhakri and milk and lovingly fed baba the statue of lakshmi bai Inside the home is a small shrine with Lakshmi Bai's statue in front of which are the nine coins enclosed in a glass top. On Vijay Dasami in the year 1918 before Baba took Mahasamadhi he put his hand in his pocket and gave her rupees 5 then rupees 4 totaling 9 which is indicative of the nine types of devotion namely shravana kirtana smarana pad sevana archana vandana dasya sakhya and atmanivedan the reference to this is sai sacharita chapter 21 and chapter 42 Another interpretation of the nine coins could be as follows. The number 5 could be the panchindriyas. They are K, 
karm indriyas and they are five gyan indriyas these indriyas are the cause of joy and sorrow the four rupees could also mean the ego complex that is manas buddhi aham and chitta if the above mentioned are placed in baba's hand or laid at his feet it is total sharnagati or total surrender baba through lakshmi bai is teaching us to totally surrender ourselves to him lakshmi bai took samadhi or passed away on 2nd june 1963 She died peacefully after sage arti prior to her demise she asked her relatives to read aloud chapter 42 of the charita the samadhi of lakshmi bai is in front of her home it is enclosed in a small shrine her descendants are living happily in shirdi The above information was provided by her descendants. The next Mahabhakta is Ramchandra Dada Patil. How great was the Rinana Band of these two! Their love was deep and unfathomable. Ramchandra was born in Shirdi. He was the only son of Radha Bai. and dada kote patel ramchandra had three sisters he was born to affluence his ancestral properties spread far and wide in shirdi and neighboring villages his father owned many acres of farmland which yielded all types of grain and sugarcane hence he had only to supervise the laborers Ramchandra was a very bright student and he studied up to the 7th standard in Marathi but most of all he was interested in the legal system he was responsible for incorporating the village of Biragaon into Shirdi Maruti Mandir has two vigras one is for Shirdi and the other is for Biragaon it is said that in those days the boundary of shirdi was up to the chaudi beyond which was biragaon he was the secretary of the dakshina bhiksha sanstha he started doing baba seva at the tender age of 11 years he had immense faith in baba and took baba's word as law in 1916 He was extremely sick with influenza. Baba gave him sakshatkar and said, "Don't be afraid. You have a long life ahead of you." Ramchandra was greatly relieved to hear this, and he immediately asked about his friend Tatya. Baba, however, said, "Two years from today, Tatya Sahib's death will occur, but do not tell it to anyone." Ramchandra did recover but was terribly upset with what Baba had said so 
he confided in Bala Shimpi, who was a good friend of his. Tatya also was a dear friend of his since childhood. They grew up together and Baba strengthened their bond by making them eat out of the same plate daily in the Dwarkamai. Ramchandra was married to Sita Bai, but she had no children, so he remarried and had two sons. After Baba's Mahasamadhi, the devotees were working the whole night to get the Samadhi ready. Mir Shakar, a Pahalwan residing at Korala, saw the developments and went to Appaji Kote Patil, who was Ramchandra's grandfather, and managed to convince him that it was bad for the village to keep a dead body in it. He said, Besides, they are going to build a Samadhi in Muttiwada, so they will get a Brahmin priest of their choice. Then they would lock the building and Muslims would not be able to enter. This appealed to Appaji and he called a meeting and told the villagers his views. Then the villagers agreed to take the body out of Shirdi. Ramchandra heard this and disagreed, saying that Baba's last wish should be followed and honoured. This enraged Appaji and he told him not to step into his house again. Ramchandra agreed, as he was determined to honour Baba's last wish at any cost. Indeed, he did not enter his grandfather's residence for twelve long years, although his first wife Sita Bai resided there. Tatya was well revered in the village, and he sided with Ramchandra. The villagers met again, but there was a split. A few people agreed with Appa Kotepatil, but most of the younger villagers were adamant to honour Baba's wish. Single-handedly, Ramchandra set out to convince the devotees that had gathered in Shirdi about Baba's Mahasamadhi, about the importance of honouring Baba's last wish, and he succeeded. Thus, for two days, the body lay in the Dwarkamai. At 4 p.m. on Wednesday, the body was placed in the Samadhi after a grand procession through the village. On the thirteenth day, Ramchandra arranged for a feast. The devotees distributed laddus by thousands, and thousands of devotees all partook of it. And wonder of wonders, the number of laddus remained the same after every distribution. Thus, for two months, Laddus were distributed to each and every devotee. Putti was extremely fond of Ramchandra and often invited him to Nagpur. Putti asked him to stay with him and help with the business, but Ramchandra could not bear the thought of leaving Shirdi. Ramchandra was the Sarpanj, or head official 
of Shirdi Gram Panchayat for 20 years. The Nagar Palika has a photograph of his hanging in the office. Along with these duties, he actively participated in the Shirdi Sai Baba Sanstan and was a joint secretary for a long time. Ramchandra would get up early in the morning, have a cup of tea. After that, he would eat nothing till the afternoon Arti. He attended the Arti daily and was never sick for a single day. He died at the age of 70. That day, he had invited some guests for lunch. They were late in coming to his home and his family suggested that he should have his lunch. He replied that he would wait for the noon arti. He sat down as he was feeling giddy. Before they could seek any medical help, he quietly and peacefully breathed his last. His descendants still live in Shirdi. This information was provided by his descendants. Chapter 43 and 44 Shri Sai Satcharita Prior to Baba's Mahasamadhi, an ill omen occurred, and that was the breaking of Baba's brick. In Chapter 45 of Shri Pada Charitra, Shri Pada tells Hanmanji that his manifestation as Samartha Sadguru Sai Baba, he will have various gurus like Sham Charna Lahari Mahashe to teach him Kriya Yoga and Varis Alisha who will teach him the secrets of yoga. Then Hanmanji asked Sripada to give him a Vaishnav Guru who knows how to venerate him. Then Sripada gives him Gopal Rao Deshmukh who is utterly devoted to Lord Venkatesha and hence he is called Venkusha. All this was predicted in 1326. In the book Life of Sai Baba by Sri Narsim Swamiji, it is stated that young Sai Baba was under the tutelage and care of his guru Gopal Rao Deshmukh, also known as Venkusha, a saintly zamindar at Selu. Baba was utterly devoted to his Guru, who also loved him very much. Baba, being favoured by his master, evoked considerable jealousy amongst the Guru's retainers, and some of them resolved to kill the young Baba by hurling brickbats at him. During a Chaturmasa, Gopal Rao was in the garden and young Baba was attending to his needs. The villains hurled bricks on Baba. One of the brick came very near Baba's head, but the Guru saw it and, by his order, it stood still in mid-air, unable to proceed further or hit Baba. Another man threw a second brick to hurt Baba, but Gopal Rao got up and got the brick on his head. This led to profuse bleeding. Baba was moved to tears 
and he begged his master to send him away, as the master was getting harmed from his unfortunate company. But the master declined to send him away, as for the injury the master bandaged it with a shred of torn cloth from his own garment, and then suddenly he said, I see that the time has come for me to part with you. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. I shall leave this body, not as a result of this injury, but by my own yoga powers of Svechicha Maranam. Therefore, I shall now vest my full spiritual personality in you. For that purpose, fetch milk from yonder black cow. Young Baba went to Hula, the Lombardi in charge of that cow, who pointed out that the cow was barren, as she had not calved and could not therefore yield milk. All the same, he came with the cow to the chieftain, Gopal Rao, who touched it from its horns to its tail and told the Lombardi, Now, pull on the teats. The Lombardi's pull drew out plenty of milk, and this milk was given to Baba with Gopal Rao's blessings, that the full power and grace of his Guru should pass to the young Baba. This was the Diksha, the investiture of the Guru's personality which young Baba underwent. So far as the mystic powers were concerned, Shakti Nipata immediately an opportunity arose for proving the transfer of the power. The villain whose brickbat had hit Gopal Rao, the chieftain, fell down dead the moment Gopal Rao was hit. His companions were horrified and they came with repentance to Gopal Rao's feet and prayed for pardon, not only for themselves but also for their dead companion whom they requested Gopal Rao to revive. The chieftain pointed out that the power of revival now rested in the young man and they should appeal to him. They accordingly appealed and Sai Baba took some dust from the feet of his guru and placed it on the corpse and the dead man rose at once. The Guru's declaration that he would pass away the next day from this life into beyond was fulfilled. After making the fullest preparation for settling all the temporal affairs, Gopal Rao with full consciousness sat up amidst the religious group carrying on puja, bhajan and namasmaran. In the presence of his Ishta Devta, Shri Venkatesha, and at the solemn hour that he had fixed for his departure, his soul left in perfect peace and happiness. Like Parikshit in the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, before leaving the body, the master waved his hand westwards to the young boy and bade him to leave Selu and proceed towards his new abode, Shirdi. Shirdi lies on the banks of the Godavari due west of Selu, and Baba by slow degrees 
moved from place to place and arrived at Shirdi and after some time made it his permanent residence. However, it must be noted that Baba brought the brick along with him and she was his constant companion. This is taken from the life of Sai Baba written by Narsan Swamiji. Now I shall narrate some details of the brick. The brick. This is given in chapter 4 of the Sri Sai Satchitita. Ever since Baba's stay in the Dwarkamai, he had a brick with him. This brick was his constant companion. With great affection and care, he looked after her. Though an inanimate object, Baba loved it and called it his lifelong companion. Baba, in his characteristic way, referred to the brick as her. Although she was an earthen brick, she was well baked and sturdy. She was one foot long, nine inches wide, and three inches in depth. Baba would support his hand on her while he sat in solitude in the Dwarkamai. When he slept, he used her as a pillow. Malsapati and Kashiram Shimpi would worship her after performing Mangal Snan. Then carefully place her against the pillar adjacent to Dhunimai. At night, they would wrap her in a clean cloth and give her to Baba to use as a pillow. Though Malsapati and Kasi Ram were constantly with Baba, it did not occur to them to ask Baba about the significance of this brick. Madhu Fasle, who used to sweep and clean the Dwarkamai, was very careful when handling this brick. Every day, he would wash and dry her by placing her near Dunimai. Later, he would wrap her in a clean cloth and place her underneath the cupboard. This cupboard had Baba's clothes, beneath which was a cemented parapet. Thus the brick would be safely stored away. Baba loved this brick more than his life and never forgot her. Many an hour he spent with her, in self-absorption, oblivious of his surroundings. One day, when Baba had gone out, a young Sevkari, when sweeping the Dwarkamai, accidentally dropped her, and she broke into two pieces. Frightened of the consequences, he placed the two pieces one upon the other against the Dhunimai and left. When Baba returned, he asked Malsapati for his brick. Malsapati lifted her and one of the broken pieces fell to the ground. Seeing this, Baba was distraught and started crying like a human being. It is not the brick, but my fortune that has broken. She was my constant companion. Now that she has gone, I too will leave. Malsapati tried to comfort Baba by saying, Baba, I will bind her together with a gold wire. O oh Bhagat, this brick is more valuable than many gold bricks. Now 
that my sangane is broken i cannot remain here thereafter baba's health started deteriorating and on the fifth day he took mahasamadhi mention of this incident is made in sai satcharita chapter 44 now i shall narrate how baba took mahasamadhi and the events that followed it sai baba left his mortal coil on tuesday october 15th 1918 at 2:35 pm it was vijaya dasami and ekadashi both on the same day around september 25 1918 he was down with fever on october 9th and 10th baba's favorite brick broke into two pieces it was with him since he came to shirdi the brick was roasted and therefore not a brittle one baba had great concern for this brick not only concern but He loved that brick. On that ominous day, someone dropped it on the floor and broke it into two pieces. When Baba came to know about it, he broke down with sorrow and said, "I have lost my intimate companion. It is not a brick, but my faith that has been broken into pieces." With the breaking of the pious brick, Baba's health declined. He had a fever for 2-3 days then he stopped his food intake and begging rounds and sat quietly in the masjid just 5 to 6 days after the breaking of the brick he passed away prior to this incident baba's words indicated about his narayan but no one could understand the significance of them When Baba had fever, Kaka Dikshit was there with him in Shirdi. But Baba purposely sent him back to Mumbai. He let nobody know the exact time of his departure. He was conscious till the last moment and was advising his devotees not to lose heart. Dikshit was in touch with the other devotees. and returned to Shirdi as soon as he heard that Baba's health was declining. Nana Saheb Nimonkar was in Baba's service for two to three years previously. Bhutte, Jog, Bhatte, Madhav Rao Deshpande and all others were in Shirdi around Baba. Going to Lendibagh, going for Bhiksha, and other routines were continued till he became too frail to walk he needed support while walking or standing bapu saheb putte and nimonkar helped him with that both of them almost used to lift him and take him to the destination only 2 days before his narayan the routine was discontinued baba himself was trying to raise the spirits of the devotees telling them not to worry he took care that nobody would know about his approaching end he was constantly alert till the last second comforting the people around him 
On 15th October, the afternoon aarti was carried out. Baba then asked the devotees, Papu Sahib, Kaka Sahib and others to go to their houses for taking lunch. Actually, these people used to have a meal with Baba every day. But that day, he wanted them to go home. Only Bayaji Appakote, Bagoji Shinde, Lakshman Shimpi, Nana Sahib Nimonkar and a few other devotees were with Baba when he breathed his last. Madhav Rao was sitting on the steps and Lakshmi Bai was by the side of Baba. She used to bring roti and sabji for Baba every day. One day, Baba was standing by the wall when Lakshmi Bai came and joined her palms in prostration. Baba said, Lakshmi, I am very hungry. She went home, prepared rotis and vegetables and brought them to Baba. He took the plate and placed it before a dog. Lakshmi Bai said, Baba, what is this? You were hungry. Then why did you give it to a dog? He said, Why is the dog not a living being? It also feels hungry. I and the dog are one. This was a direct percept to Lakshmi Bai from Baba. Just five minutes before his Niryayan, he gave a total of nine rupees to Lakshmi Bai. Then he said, I am not comfortable here. Take me to the Vada. There I will feel better. Bhuttiwada, also known as Tagdiwada, is now the Samadhi Mandar. This was the last command Baba gave. He was sitting by the side of Bayaji Appakote. His respiration became slow. Bhagavaji saw it and called out to Nimonkar, who was sitting in a helpless mood. He hurriedly rose to bring a kettle of water and tried to pour it into Baba's mouth, but the water came out. Nimonkar screamed, O Deva! Because of his cry, Baba opened his eyes for the last time and faintly responded, saying, Ah! In his last moment, he leaned on Bayaji's shoulder and breathed his last. All who were present there sensed what was happening. Everybody was wailing and lamenting with deep sorrow. It was a very tragic scene. The devotees had lost their God, their mother, father, brother, friend, Sadguru and everything else. With the exit of Sai Baba from this mortal world, an era had come to an end. After that sorrowful moment, all had to face the practical difficulty. Obsquacies were to be carried out, but in what manner? It became a matter of dispute. Muslims wanted to do it according to their religion, and Hindu devotees were in the majority insisted that it was their right. Sai Baba was a great saint. It did not make any difference whether he was a Hindu or a Muslim, because he was above both. Bade Baba, Imam and other Muslims of Shirdi 
took hold of the body according to them baba was a great peer and the body should be buried they also wanted all the rights of the darga thereafter baba had never spoken about the funeral rites to anyone of his close devotees only his last command was to take him to buttiwada after a lot of discussion all agreed to accept his last wish so the digging for the samadhi started in buttiwada but the next morning there was some opposition Muslims thought that the samadhi was built on private property of a Hindu it would not be under public rights so they were rather displeased many high ranking hindus also were of the same opinion some suggested that baba always used to sit in the dwarkamai and that it was an appropriate place for his samadhi but muslims ruled out the suggestion saying that a tomb in the masjid was not allowed in their religion news of his demise and the dispute spread far and wide mamladar of nagar and amir bai from mumbai reached shirdi they tried to estimate the opinions but the unanimous decision was not in sight mamladar then told the people with admonition that if they could not concur the decision they would have to go to the collector at ahmednagar then his orders would be final and binding to all kaka dikshit was given the responsibility of going to the collector and doing the needful in that situation the muslim devotees thought that to maintain the harmony amongst different castes and religions the dispute should be resolved peacefully on only one condition that there will be no objection for them to enter the wada and take darshan all muslims agreed on building the samadhi in buttiwada Tatya Kote Patil and Ram Chandra Dada Kote Patil convinced the Hindu devotees who were initially against it seeing the devotees had united the mamladar of Koparkau gave the required orders on Wednesday evening baba's body was brought to the wada in procession and kept in the sanctum coincidentally the length and breadth of the place was exactly matching the prerequisite building of the samadhi was then completed without any hindrance since the day all the rituals like worship aarti were carried out according to the hindu religion and nobody raised any objections to it the famous and sacred brick even though broken is kept in the samadhi near baba's head in the year 1911 or 1912 suddenly baba took seriously ill all the people thought that he might not survive nana saib chandorkar informed most of the devotees 
to come and have the last darshan. Accordingly, many devotees congregated in Shirdi. Many started japa, Vedic chanting, Jandipat, Lagu Rudra for the improvement in Baba's condition. Some close devotees had different worry in their mind. They secretly discussed about what should be done if the worst thing happened. The question was if Baba's body should be taken to a darga as Muslims do or to build a samadhi according to the Hindu customs. Nana Sahib, Kaka, Dikshit, Bapu Sahib Jog, Bala Sahib Bharte, Dev, Tatya and others decided to ask Baba. He only would show them the way. If he determines as to what would be proper, then there would be no dispute. But who was to ask Baba? All of them chose Nana Sahib Chandorkar as a representative. He said, For me too, it is a very difficult task. All this discussion was going on in Dikshatwada. Just then, a person came from the Dwarka Mai with the message from Baba. He said, Where is Nana Sahib? I have a message for you from Baba. Here I am. Tell me, said Nana. Baba says, Do not worry about my dead body right now. I am not going to die of this ailment. You carry on your work. I myself shall dispose of my body when the time comes. Everybody was surprised to experience the omnipresence of Baba. All the devotees continued with the japa as decided previously. Baba too got well soon after that and all the devotees returned to their homes with a peaceful mind. In the near future, Baba asked Bhutti to build the vada and a mandir in it. The sanctum was kept empty for an idol of Lord Shri Krishna, but in his mind he must have chosen the place for his samadhi. Just before his passing away, Baba spoke to the wife of a Marwadi. He said, I am fed up of staying in the Dwarkamai and Chaudi. Now I will go to Dagdiwada and stay there. Brahmins will take care of me. Four to five years prior to his passing away, he told Tai, the wife of Papu Sahib Jog, This place is reserved for me. There will be a stone building here and I will sit there. Baba must have made up his mind at that time but kept it a secret. Baba's body did not become stiff even after 24 hours. His hands and feet were moving freely. It was not necessary to tear the kafni off from his body. No unusual signs were seen on the body except a slight oozing of blood through this mouth. On October 15th, Baba left his mortal body in the afternoon. On the same night, Lakshman Mama saw a dream. Baba came to him and said, Tomorrow early in the morning, Bapu Sahib Jog will not come for Kakad Arti. 
because he thinks that I am dead. But I am alive. You come at dawn as usual and perform the Kakar Aarti. As per Baba's command given in the dream, Lakshman Bhatt went to the Dwarka Mai as Baba's body was kept there. He worshipped the body and performed Aarti also. Many people felt that Baba's hand showed some movement at the time of the Aarti. In the evening, the body was shifted to Buddhiwada and Sage Aarti was performed there. All the routine rituals were continued from the first day of Baba's Mahasamadhi and it is done every day till today. On October 15, Baba gave an experience to Das Ganu Maharaj who was in Pandarpur that day. Baba told him in symbolic words, The masjid has collapsed. Come and place some flowers on my body. On the third day after Baba took Samadhi, the sister-in-law of Mureshwar Pradhan had a dream in which Baba commanded, There is a yellow-colored dhoti kept in your bag. Send it up for spreading over my Samadhi. She had actually forgotten about it. So, she found it and then went to Pradhan and handed it over to him for taking it to Shirdi. After Baba's Mahasamadhi, one more issue of dispute came up. It was about the precious articles that the devotees had offered to Baba. The approximate cost of all such things was about 10,000 rupees. Baba had not appointed anybody as his inheritor or successor. On the basis of the law then, the property belonged to the government. Stating this reason, the Mamladar of Kopargaon collected and deposited it in the government treasury. Baba was a fakir, he had no attachment for any such things. Devotees used to offer many valuable articles, but he least cared about them. Radha Krishna I used to take care and manage all the things. It was she who floated the Shirdi Sansthan, therefore the property did not belong to Baba. The Sansthan had the rights over it. This issue was discussed amongst the important devotees and Kaka Dikshit was given the responsibility of further action as he was a solicitor. He applied to the Nagar court district and pleaded the issue. The court agreed to the point and the property which was collected in the treasury was returned to the Shirdi Sai Baba Sansthan. All the credit of this goes to Kaka Saib Dikshit. Now I shall talk a little about the wooden cot that Baba had laid on while Lakshman Mama performed Aarti to him. The wooden cot. The devotees were devastated by shock and sorrow after Baba's Mahasamadhi. Later, the question arose as to what was a befitting way to bid farewell to the body. Unfortunately, There was a difference of opinion between them. Baba 
was laid on the cot for two days, till their differences were sorted out. In Chapter 42 of the Sri Sai Sacharita, under the title Niryayan of Sri Sai Nath, the description of Lakshman Mama's dream vision is given. It is on this cot that Baba lay when he performed ritualistic Kakad Arte to him. Then he placed Dakshina and Tambul in Baba's closed fist, not heeding the objections of the Muslims and the Malvis. This ritual was performed on Baba on the 16th of October, 1918, and following this, all artis were performed to him. Reference Sri Sai Sacharita, Chapter 42 It was finally decided that Baba's Samadhi would be in the Sanctum Sanctorum of Bhuttiwada. The devotees had a huge procession and Baba's body was carried on this cot around the village and was finally laid to rest in the Sanctum Sanctorum around 4 p.m. that evening. So, Baba took Mahasamadhi on the 15th October, a Tuesday, around 2.35 p.m. and was placed in his Samadhi on the 16th of October, around 4 p.m. Now I shall narrate an interesting event that took place in the month of Margashish, that is December of 1886, when Baba got an attack of asthma and for relief of the affliction, he took Nirvikalpa Samadhi for three days. Baba's Three-Day Samadhi Reference Chapter 44 Sai Satcharita About 32 years before Baba's Mahanirayan, Baba took a three-day Samadhi. One day, Malsapati was sitting near Baba. Baba said, Today I will send my prana to Brahmanda for three days. Look after my body well. Having said these words, Baba stopped breathing. Malsapati tenderly placed Baba's head on his lap and waited. On the second day, as Baba had not resumed breathing, the mullahs and the malvis proclaimed that Baba was dead. At first, they urged Malsapati to hand over the body. By the third day, matters had gotten out of hand and the Hindus and Muslims started fighting. Each side wanted Baba's body and the Muslims wanted to make a darga. The Hindus, however, wanted to give Baba's a Hindu cremation. Even Shama came to Malsapati and said, Bhagat, Baba has gone now. Lay the body on the ground. Calmly, Malsapati said, Are, I will see how he will leave like this. The fighting between the Hindus and the Muslims reached a crescendo and the Kopargao court intervened. The court heard both sides and was about to give its verdict when Baba started breathing softly and all signs of life returned. Baba opened his eyes 
and said, Are, who are you to claim my body and to do my last rites? Just as I came or manifested, thus I will go. I have taken care of my Nerein and the last leg of my journey on earth, so you don't have to worry about it. The words of Baba were written by Dr. Keshav B. Gavanagar in the preface of the book titled Malsapati Bhagat Yanche Charitra under the title Don Shabd. It is important to note that Malsapati adhered to Baba's words and did not hand over the body, not caring for his own comfort. Malsapati did not place Baba's head on the floor, nor did he cave under the pressure of the Malvis and the Hindus. If Malsapati had handed over the body to the Malvis or the Hindus, a catastrophe would have occurred and the devotees would have lost 32 years of Baba's Leelas. The three days Samadhi and what transpired during the three days Samadhi was predicted in Sripad Shivalap Charitra. It says, Sripada transferred his power completely into the Muslim Fakir of Dishila Nagaram in later years. In Bengal, a great person by the name of Gadadhar, that is Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, was born. He would worship Kalambika. When he prayed for liberation, Jagat Janani did not agree. She asked him to take birth again for the sake of his followers and to grace them considering their merits and sins. He did not agree to take birth again. Then Kalambika asked the Muslim Fakir of Dushila Nagaram to come to her in the subtle body. That Muslim Fakir remained dead for three days. He told his devotees, I will go to Allah and come back within three days. Kal Ambika is none other than Vaishwe Kanyaka Parmeshwari. The Muslim Fagir was given the task of looking into the sins and the merits of the followers of Gadadhar. Jagat Janani deposited part of herself in him. Sripada also deposited a part of his energy in him. After three days, when that Muslim Fakir came back into the gross body, he became the most powerful. He served in the masjid in which he lived as a mother. It was because of the Amsha of the Divine Mother entering into him. So he showed motherly affection towards all his devotees. All these things I am narrated will be happening in the coming centuries. Amsa means partial manifestation, a part of God which has descended and taken a form. This is given in Chapter 4 of Sri Pada Sri Vallabh Charitra. And finally, after Baba passed away, he was laid to rest in Bhutiwada or Dagdiwada according to his last wish. Balasai Bhatte 
and Upasani Maharaj performed ceremonies of the Til Anjali and Til Tarpan and Pindapradhanam on the 13th day. Upasani went to the banks of the Bhagarati along with Jog and performed Homa and Havan. Then massive Anadan was performed and Dakshina was given to all the devotees that attended it. And finally, I will narrate the life of Sakaram Hari, alias Papu Saib Jog. Baba loved him so much that when he first visited Shirdi, Baba would not allow him to return home and get his belongings. Papu Saib was probably born in 1856. He worked as a supervisor for the government and in 1909 he availed of the retiring furlough and came to Shirdi with his wife. The couple had no children and they lived comfortably on their pension. One of Babu Sahib's Jog's close relative was the famous Satpurusha Vishnu Bua. Before visiting Shirdi, he visited Karbad to pay homage to Sadhu Sakaram Maharaj. He spent some time there doing seva. Bapu Sahib thought that he would stay in Shirdi for a few days and then return to Kabad and spend the rest of his life doing seva there. But Baba had other plans for him. At Shirdi, he stayed in Satewada. When the other devotees said something that he did not like, he threatened to go to Kabad. Baba said, Does the Vada belong to Sati's father? I'll tell Dada Kelkar not to trouble you. You should stay peacefully there. Okay? Baba spoke so sweetly that Bapu Sahib joke stayed on. Bapu Sahib was a Chitpavane Konkanas the Brahmin, orthodox and strict about following Sawale. He was righteous, honest, straightforward in his dealings. His wife was of the similar temperament and they were made for each other. Her name was Tai and Baba called her Ai. Papu Sahib was a Datta Upasak and a follower of the Datta ritual. He silently went about doing his sadhana. The Devara in his room had all the gods and goddesses and he would offer a kafne along with Nivedya to Lord Datta on every Datta Jayanti. One year, while at Shedi, he had an irresistible desire to offer a kafne to Baba on Datta Jayanti. So he got Bala Shempi to stitch the kafne. On Datta Jayanti, he took the kafne and after doing puja to Baba, offered the kafne. Baba accepted it and in turn gave him one of his own as prasad. Happily, he took the kafne and preserved it. In the evening, he would wear the kafne, tie a white cloth around his head and go for Baba's darshan. He called it Darbari Poshak or court dress. At other times, he wore ordinary clothes. Papu Sahib was kind-hearted 
and a thorough gentleman, but because of his position of power, his dealings with the labour force, he appeared stern. He did have a quick temper, though. Baba slowly but surely changed that. He lived frugally and had quite a bit of money saved. Baba knew that he was egoistic about his wealth. Baba kept demanding Dakshina again and again, till it was depleted and all his savings were gone. Baba Sahib learnt a valuable lesson. His routine every month was to collect his pension from Kopargaon, pay his dues to the shopkeeper, and whatever remained, he would place it before Baba. Baba trusted him immensely and would often give his money to him for safekeeping. Baba Sahib would keep the money safely and was constantly aware that it was Baba's money. When the need arose, Baba would ask him to buy this or that from it. Baba would often give him a hundred rupees and a few days later jokingly say, Bapu Sahib, I gave you a hundred and twenty-five rupees a few days ago. Go and fetch it. Bapu Sahib would tell Baba that he had not given him that much and had only given him a hundred rupees. This happened quite a few times and Bapu Sahib was indignant. He said, Baba, I don't want to be involved with your money transactions. Keep your money with somebody else. Baba would then pacify him, saying, Bapu Sahib, don't get angry. I made a mistake. It was only a hundred rupees, okay? Once a devotee gave Baba a guinea. Baba gave it to Bapu Sahib and said, What is this? He told Baba that it was a guinea or equivalent to fifteen rupees. Baba said, It is worth thirty rupees. You keep it and give me thirty rupees. Bapu Sahib looked after Baba's affairs after Megha's death on 19 January 1912. He was given the honour of performing Baba's Aarti till Baba's Mahasamadhi. All the seva that Megha used to perform fell on Bapu Sahib's shoulders, like Baba's Aarti in the Dwarkamai, Evening Aarti in Satevada, Aarti in Dikshitwada, and Guru Padukastan. Bapu Sahib took his duties very seriously. Usually, there were a substantial numbers of devotees present for the Aarti. However, if they were just a few or none at all, it did not bother Job. He conducted the Aarti with devotion and zeal. Bapu Sahib and Thai led a life of austerity. They got up at the crack of dawn. After bathing in cold water, they performed puja to their household deities, followed by religious rituals, the reading of the Pote. Then they went to the Dwarkamai for Baba's darshan. Bapu Sahib stayed by Baba's side, doing all the chores, and Thai went home and prepared prasad for the Aarti and looked after the innumerable guests that came there as Baba had sent them. 
Tai was the epitome of bhakti. She was intensely devoted to Baba. Her love for her Guru was so passionate that after Baba's Narayan, she lost self-control and wandered the streets of Shirdi aimlessly as if searching for her Guru. Bapu Sahib was very orthodox and strict in his ways of eating. He observed Ekadashi and other fasts. On such days, he would not even touch onions. Baba respected this and never forced him to eat with him. In fact, Baba made him go home and have lunch there, often with some other devotee. Whenever the devotees offered sweets and fruits to Baba, he would hand the whole basket or box to him. Once Bapu Sahib asked Baba as to when he would give him sannyas. Baba replied, As soon as you are free from your worldly responsibilities. Thus Bapu Sahib was now free. He stayed on in Shirdi for a few years and looked after Baba's samadhi. After Kaka Sahib Dikshit's death and the other devotees left Shirdi, being quite alone, Bapu Sahib decided to go to Sakori. There he wore a kafni and took sannyas. His decision to go to Sakori is perplexing as he and Upasani never had a cordial relationship. Once he dragged Upasani and brought him to the Dwarkamai. Then he proceeded to tell Baba about the disagreement and asked Baba to be the judge. Nevertheless, at Sakori, he attended to Upasani with the same devotion as he would to Baba. He died a sannyasi, so his samadhi lies in front of Upasani Ashram in Sakori. This information is taken from Sai Leela, Ankh 13, Chapter 4, 1926. And this concludes the commentary on the chapter. Om Sai Ram